This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast illuminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities. From the office and manufacturer of Syraclad in Redmond, Washington, and on location, this is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. For our guest today, we are honored and really excited to welcome Ernesto Vasquez, fellow of the American Institute of Architects and partner of, and CEO of SVA Architects. Ernie is a renowned community advocate and leader known for being an experienced proponent of healthy communities and revitalized urban centers. He focuses on creating socially responsible, eco-conscious environments that don't sacrifice on economic viability. You can find them on the web at sva-architects.com. Again, that's sva-architects.com. Ernie, happy to have you here. Thank you very much for coming on our show. Well, thank you for inviting us and being a part of this. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Oh, Ernie, you know, as we talked about before the share, show, and I like you, you used the word the guiding light. Share with it what that means to you, a guiding light. I like that. I haven't, heard, haven't not heard that on the show ever. Well, I think part of this is, you know, I think we as architects and creative people were always challenged with many of the obstacles and things that we're dealing with. And uh, for me, I've always been something focused on uh, doing good, uh, doing something that's meaningful for the community that I serve. And having been raised uh, in the uh, Catholic uh, environment, it, it's the guiding light has been something very prudent and uh, formative for me as it relates to the various challenges, the various opportunities and things that we've had to, to deal with as we uh, go in our career. You know, I really like, I notice a lot of your work, Ernie, is there is a, interesting that you talk about the guiding light. There is a light in a lot of your work. And what I mean that there's just a, for lack of a better word, there's a real, a heartfeltness to your work, not just great design and great building, but that seems like there's culturally within SVA, there's a, there's a, there's a care. Am I correct, or maybe I'm? I, I think you you hit it on the head. Uh, my partner and I have been very, very much dedicated to working in challenged communities, underserved communities, and uh, we found uh, maybe it's from our upbringing and our backgrounds that gives us a connection to the communities that we serve, and we've been um, having through this uh, focused on education focused on community amenities, community services, uh, university-related work, uh, affordable housing. So it gives us a, an opportunity to help connect, heal, and contribute to the communities that we serve. And uh, specifically, we've been uh, interested in working in districts like uh, Oakland. Uh, have a long, long heritage there working in the city of Oakland, the Bay Area. San Diego, uh, Santa Ana, California, and even Honolulu. Uh, not that that's, you know, generally people think of Honolulu as the resort, but there's so much urban living and community building that we participate in. So for us, the aspects of serving community, uh, whether it's housing, whether it's 
services, whether it's amenities, whether it's education, we find these are opportunities to help bring community together, families together, uh, and enrich their lives. And uh, for us, design is a is a very important aspect of how do we create social equity and social benefits into the communities that we're involved with. I want to reach back a bit, Ernie, and, and uh, ask you this. When did that connection and collaboration and uh, meaning in community strike you, not just as an architect, but even just as a person? It, it's, I, I was fortunate. My, my mother came to the United States, uh, immigrated to the United States from Mexico, actually one month before I was born. Having said that, I was uh, blessed that I was able to have um, I travel and visit family in, in Mexico. So I'd, I'd spend my summers from fourth grade on to high school uh, in Mexico, Mexico City, Acapulco, Mazatlan, and, and Los Angeles. So I had my foot in both countries. And so I was blessed in that context that I had an uncle that took me through various barrios of Mexico City, and barrios is positive name for neighborhoods. Uh, having said that, that's kind of where the exposure of culture and social awareness of the, the discrepancy of what is in our society. Uh, my uncle was, was keen on making me aware of the diversity of our lives and diversity of the social structures that uh, create life. Uh, so I think I had a very early beginning in, in terms of the consciousness of that, um, the creative side of the building, the wanting to be an architect actually occurred somewhere in fourth and fifth grade. I did some drawings and did some sketches and the teacher said, ah, you had to study to be an architect. I had no idea what that meant, but <laughs> it was a, Okay, that sounds like a good idea. But uh, I found uh, designing and shelter, and, but uh, not just to design and to deal with you know, luxuries of society. Uh, I've had the pleasure of doing that too, but I, I felt that uh, this structure of SVA Architects gave me the opportunity to really kind of focus our energies and channel uh, our talent to help uh, heal uh, communities and really be focused on social structure and social uh, uh, benefits for our communities. On that, the subject of uh, teachers and how important that is, think of it now, um, you're what, fourth grade or so? And someone who's a, a teacher or a person of authority actually gave you the not just the incentive, but instilled in you that, that she saw something in you that maybe you didn't quite see in yourself. How important do you think that is now for our youth? Oh, I think it's so critical. Today, you know, I, I grew up in a rather rough community, East Los Angeles. And so your choices of being in the gang were pretty easy or, or difficult if you wanted to go through education. And Someone who, like a teacher that I had, who spotted and said, you have some opportunities, you have some skills, use them, do something with them. Uh, so, you know, for me, that, that was the vehicle of change, uh, motivation that uh, offered me, and probably why it instilled in me the importance of being able to 
contribute to our communities and uh, do something that leaves a, a better environment, uh, leaves and uh, contributes to the health of a, of a district. And so I've, uh, for the longest time, uh, focused on uh, inner city and uh, projects that relate to transit, transit-oriented developments. Uh, case in point is uh, the Fruitville District in Oakland, uh, communities I've been involved with and over the many, many years, uh, watching them uh, evolve and, and uh, create basically better living environments for the uh the community. Uh, so it's not gentrification, but rather how do we enrich communities and provide social housing and senior housing and uh, housing for families and, and educational facilities that correspond to their, their needs. Yeah, I'd like that enrich the communities because I see that again in all of your work, at least the works that I've seen on your website, and I'm sure that's not an exhaustive list, but there's a as I said earlier, there's a bit of a, there's a real strong care and it looks like you guys put in a little extra heart or something with uh, enriching the community, not just building a structure. Yeah, especially with the challenges we have, uh, it's obviously financial is always a key issue, but how do you design something that's meaningful for the community and the residents and the community, the, the, the families you're serving and we spend a lot of time in the early stages of these projects where we deal with a lot of the, we call it uh, workshops and uh, getting their input and getting them to uh, be integrated into the planning and the process of the project. And for us, that's an important stage, not just to understand better the community, but also to have them buy in to the programming and the development and having them participate in the decisions of what's is there for them. And this helps us uh, identify the key issues and identify how to, uh, shall we say, not just design shelter, but how to provide shelter with meaning and culture and art. And so those are the things that we strive for in the projects that we're blessed to be able to serve. And uh, it's, uh, it's an important part of our giving back to the <clears throat> our communities I'm fortunate that I speak dual languages, so I'm able early on to communicate with our Latino community and share with them our experiences and bring them into the planning process. And so I think that's an important aspect uh, that I've been uh, able to help contribute and help uh, bring them participating into uh, the bigger issue. This is very scary for families who have no connectivity to structure and um, to institutions. And so we find ourselves almost being the advocate for them and being able to expose and express uh, what's important for the families and important for the children to be able to design to their communities. Excellent. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast presented by Syraclad. We're talking today with uh, Ernesto Vasquez, fellow American Institute of Architects and partner and CEO of SVA Architects. For more information, you can visit their website at sva-architects.com. Again, that's sva-architects.com. Ernie, 
Um, if you're at liberty to share some of the most recent project or projects you're working on, um, love to hear. I mean, of course, you don't have to name names. If you want to, you can, but love to hear, you know, some of your uh, recent or recent projects that you're working on. Sure. We have a project that's, I started in 1993 in Oakland, Fruitvale, in Fruitvale District in Oakland. It's a BART station. Uh, we master planned the property and evolved. And finally, the first major phase was done in 2003. And today we're finishing the next generation of affordable housing that's compatible to the community district that we designed there. So we just broke ground, uh, I think it's two months ago, uh, for another 185 units of affordable housing. What's really kind of, shall we say, an uh, honor for me is to have had a long, long history with this property in this district in this community in Oakland uh, and still seeing this area uh, reinforced, especially during these hard times and this COVID period, because this district has probably had the highest impact of COVID um, uh, patients uh, due to the fact that it's a working community, working class community. And so, for us, uh, this is a very important project that is uh, critical from the standpoint of creating a, a, a sense of placemaking, a place of converting parking lots that used to be part of the BART station into a real viable neighborhood, a real viable district, uh, retail services, clinics, housing, and now even more affordable housing. So that's a very important project that uh, we've been fortunate to be involved with. Uh, another project that's kind of just getting onto the ground, another one in uh, Los Angeles, Expo Crossings, which is two major uh, MTA transit uh, blocks, if you will, where we're working with the community and developing housing, about 425 units of housing with much needed retail services, uh, grocery stores, amenities that would, again, help the community reinforce the, uh, the needs of uh, food and services and amenities. Uh, that project is just getting its final approvals through the city of Los Angeles. And it's a significant contribution to the Crenshaw district. Uh, so we're very excited of, of that participation with uh, a development community of affordable. So pretty much a, almost going to be 100% affordable today. And it started off, there was going to be mixed income, but due to the needs and the community desire, that's turning into be a 100% affordable uh, program. Now, touching again on, on the communities, that's such a focus. How is that for you, the culture at SVA, that focus on communities and making a better living environment. How does that, how does that influence also the culture at SVA? I, I think our firm is, uh, again, um, probably we've been fortunate to recruit talent from various universities, districts, and I think there's a desire from the youth and the millennials to be engaged with something that's meaningful and uh, feeling it's something they're contributing to. So I feel the firm has really evolved into uh, a strong uh, desire to work in a similar uh, vein. 
whether it's educational facilities or, like I said, cultural communities, libraries and theaters. Uh, but they're all very excited uh, to be a part of something that is not just buildings. It's not just, you know, something that it's a craft, but really more developed more further into uh, understanding culture and understanding the communities that, that we're working with. So I think that the, uh, the firm has really developed into uh, very much consciousness of contributing. And so I think it's very much engaged in that aspect. We've been fortunate, like I said, we're even doing work in Hawaii, which we're doing some things there with senior care, senior housing, and working with uh, the multicultural aspects of the Hawaiian community. We're working on some interesting projects there that relate to taking, and they're, they're just building their um, uh, transit system. So it's becoming a, a significant contributor to re, redevelopment to certain districts in Hawaii. So we're seeing uh, areas like, for example, we're working in the Waipahu uh, district in Kapolei. These are the communities that are growing and transitioning from their urban districts and ethnic uh, enrichment that uh, we, we, we are sympathetic to and we work with and develop the retail mixed use uh, components and uh, affordable housing and senior housing that contribute to that. It's, these are not luxury housing. This is, again, very much grassrooted housing needs in these communities at, uh, in Honolulu. The, the designs and the projects that I've, I've seen of you that you've in your work it's interesting that the, the, although it's affordable housing i've seen quite unaffordable housing and it's not as well designed <laughs> <laughs> but you you bring up the, the kind of the key issue for our firm and the, and, we, and what we try to do we really stretch that uh, dollar uh, that's available for construction and we try to be careful and cautious and not, uh, shall we say, not to be gold uh, lining of any kind, but we, we create architecture that wants to be respectable and timeless. And we're concerned in that context because, uh, again, as, as folks live in these communities, there's nothing more exciting and satisfying for me is to see an elder moving into their home and tears in their eyes when they go, they finally have a home. And for us, that's kind of the, you know, the, the accomplishment that we, we feel that we're creating something, we're creating a place and we're creating places that families and, 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 you know, the intergenerational aspects of families, uh, they, they feel honored to live in their facilities and it doesn't cost us any more. It's just a matter of where we spend the money. And so our, our goal is to help our institutions who are providing the funding to realize that we're de designing something that's going to be uh, respected and not going to be thrashed and, and taken care of, you know. Can you provide an example, Ernie, of, of uh, maybe an experience or two where you actually did see um, completion of a project and then people moving in and then how it really felt to you? I know you touched on it, but if you can share an example. Sure. Uh, there's been a number of uh, 
we just finished the library, for example, in San Isidro two, two years ago, a year and a half ago. A community that uh, has been promised many, many years for having a, a new facility, new library. But uh, we designed it with the <clears throat> celebration of the Latino heritage there. Um, the character of it is very bold, very colorful, very, uh, very much speaks to the future. And for Latino families, that's a very important aspect because they want to see their children uh, participate in, uh, in the future. They want to see hope for their children. And so the library was a symbol of that. And so opening day was amazing to watch the parents and the families walk into the facility and um, really be excited and, and be uh, almost in tears um, because it's something that was promised for many, many years by the city of San Diego. And here they got the completion of a library. They got a chance to have a place that's their, their community center in, in, in all respects because that's where the children are able to tap onto computers. They're coders. That's where they have their workshop. They, they don't have room in their home. They don't have a place in their house. They don't have internet access. So the library really becomes that community center. That's terrific. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Cyriclad. Our uh, public service announcement today is for the wooden floor. The wooden floor is a long-term vision is to break the cycle of poverty through generational change by transforming the lives of youth in low-income communities through the power of dance and access to higher education. Their goal is to teach young people what it takes to succeed in school and in life. And their mission is also to empower low-income youth to strengthen self-esteem, self-discipline, and a sense of accomplishment through dance, academic, and family programs. For more information, you can visit their website at thewoodenfloor.org. Again, that's thewoodenfloor.org. We're talking today with Ernesto Vasquez, fellow American Institute of Architects and partner and CEO of SVA Architects. You can visit their website at sva-architects.com. Again, sva-architects.com. Ernie, with, uh, with business and commerce constantly evolving, the expectations um, have evolved as well. What's changed in your experience over the last, say, two or three years? Well, obviously, COVID has changed everything. <laughs> uh, so our, our perspective of working from home, it's actually over the last few years with the distance and travel and working in different areas of the communities where we've had international, you know, we've, we've gotten used to working uh, from laptops and working from uh, distant from the office. So that has been almost... Uh, the new, the new way to do collaborative effort. So it's taken us out of the environment of working in, you know, the office, so to speak, to now working in a more uh, broader base and more virtual uh, setting. So I think our our experiences are now challenged to how to bring that back together and work together with the teams that we have throughout the. The area where there, where we may be, uh, like I said, we have four offices, so we're always uh, challenged to have the connectivity and working together from that standpoint. So um, 
the environments we're working with uh, are very diverse. So we're also working with challenges of how we get uh, materials, construction, uh, follow through, and, and getting it projects completed. So we're half the time uh, in an airplane, half the time uh, on Zoom. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, somewhere in there we have to draw. <laughs> Love so that. it's been, uh, it's been, I think it's exciting. Uh, I think the, uh, the virtual world has opened us up to realize uh, limitations are, are not anymore just the drawing and the paper and the technology, but now we need to think even broader and how we service and present and how we guide. Because now we're not in the room presenting to the city council or the, mm -hmm. chan uh, the communities. Uh, there was, we have to virtually express and share the vision. And, and that, that has its challenges because you don't see the body language. You don't see how people react to the idea. So you know, there's, there's some interesting nuances in how we have adapted ourselves to, the, to how to present, how to deal with, and how to communicate with uh, with our with our clients uh, with our users with uh, the uh, benefactors of the the environments that we're designing Ernie what would you like to share with your audience today that we may not have touched on that you uh, that you feel it's important you, I, I have uh, probably uh, blessed in, in many ways in the context that um, I grew up in a uh, setting that probably would have not been, um, I guess, uh, a, a, an appropriate environment for <laughs> learning and being exposed to. And I, I think given the, I had a very strong mother who, who basically said I could do anything I wanted to. And uh, having said that, I every time I have a chance to talk to youth and folks who are living in our challenged communities. I, I really encourage them to follow their dream and follow their aspirations and not to give up, even no matter how difficult and how things happen. I mean, I, I remember I had some professors that actually told me I, I probably shouldn't study architecture. I probably should be a, something else. And, uh, and, and you, you get these you get hit with challenges and obstacles sure. and uh, negativity. And so I, I truly believe, uh, coming back to my statement about the uh, shining light, <clears throat> follow your dream. And uh, I think that's kind of the key that I feel has given me success, has given me and uh, the privilege to be able to serve uh, the greater community. And uh, I'm honored and I'm delighted <clears throat> May God give me a skill. That's for sure. To serve. Ernie, it's been an absolute honor and pleasure having you on your, our show today. Thank you very much. We hope you consider coming back again soon, really. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Ernie. Our guest today has been Ernesto Vasquez, fellow American Institute of Architecture and partner and CEO of SVA Architects. Ernie's a renowned community advocate and leader known for being an experienced proponent of healthy communities and revitalized urban centers. He focuses on, and the company focuses on, creating socially responsible 
eco-conscious environments that don't sacrifice on economic viability. For more information, feel free to visit their website at sva-architects.com. Again, sva-architects.com. You've been listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Cereclad. The Architecture and Innovation Podcast is recorded from the office of Cereclad in Redmond, Washington, and on location. The executive producer and host of the Architecture and Innovation is yours truly, Tom Dior. Thank you.